Welcome to the GEM series, powered by Rocket Level. On this podcast, we empower entrepreneurs to succeed by setting big goals, executing like a pro, and having a fearless mindset. The GEM series is all about investing in yourself. We're here to share the path to getting what you want out of life by sharing the stories of entrepreneurs who have done this themselves, providing thorough research from our team on what careers and habits are yielding the best results, and discussing the mindset it takes to overcome the obstacles that all future entrepreneurs will face. Investing in yourself starts with putting in the work every single day, and this podcast is here to help you do exactly that. My name is Blake Chapman. I'm the Vice President of the Ambassador Program here at Rocket Level, and I am thrilled to be your host for the GEM Series. Hello, and welcome to today's GEM Series. I am thrilled to welcome today's guest, Brian Bergford. So just to give you guys a little bit of background, uh, Brian specializes in personal performance optimization and sports psychology. Um, He coaches and develops customized performance systems for athletes, as well as athletic professionals and business owners. Uh, Has a great knack for helping clients get unstuck by removing some of those pesky personal barriers that inhibit expression of their greater potential. we all need that. <laughs> and Brian's really an expert at, at all of this. He's also an entrepreneur who owns multiple businesses, has won national championships in swimming, which is something he took up at the age of 30. Um, and that actually began as an effort to overcome his lifelong phobia of having his face submerged in water. So I I mean, I could go on and on. Uh, the more I learn about Brian, the more that I am excited to have him on today. He's got so much wisdom to share with us. Um, Brian, welcome to the show. How are you doing, man? I'm doing just super duper. Thank you. It's a beautiful day here in Colorado. It's going to be like 50 degrees and then it is going to get really cold and tomorrow's high is going to be two degrees with like a minus 10. So I'm just pumping myself up for this shift. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm complaining over in Atlanta, over at right in the forties, we're all like, but are you in Boulder or where are you at? Yeah. I'm just North of Denver. Yep. Okay. So Mm -hmm. very cool. I absolutely, absolutely love it out there. It's gorgeous. It is four seasons And and they're all pretty great and none of them are too extreme. You get a little bit of everything. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Brian, for those that don't know you, would you mind just sharing a little bit about yourself, uh, with, with the audience here? Yeah, sure. So we'll just kind of see what comes to mind. (laughs) There's so many directions that that could go, right? Because it's interesting when you're asked about like, Hey, like, tell me a little bit about you. There's, there's so many different ways to answer it based on like who the audience is and like who you're speaking to the individual across from you, et cetera. So I'm just going to kind of spitball it a little bit and see whatever comes to mind. It'll be my biography of the day. It'll all be amazing, but it's not like (laughs) pre-planned, so to speak. Um, yeah. So I, I guess as you alluded to, we'll, we'll start there. Um, it's funny, the I was not an athlete in my younger years. I played like like little peewee baseball and stuff like that. Uh, and it wasn't until I was 30, really, because like in high school and stuff, my wife and I were both um, in a school that was very heavy into the arts. You know, we had a lot of like the um, varsity football players, like in the, some of the big choirs and, and stuff like that. And it was 30 years old when I actually really took up swimming. I had a background in like strength training, personal training. So I understood a lot of the mechanics of that. Um, But it was like you mentioned, just a reaction to wanting to overcome this kind of lifelong 
panic response phobia that I had that just seemed to be um, taking things over. And so I got sick and tired of it and took up swimming. And uh, now, you know, I just, I love competing. And, I, you know, this next year will probably be my like, I don't know, ninth or so national championship, ninth, ninth and 10th. There's two each year. So I'm pumped about that. I'm fascinated, I, I think, as you can tell by human performance, especially as pertains to high level athletics, high level in business, people that are go getters, people that have batteries included. I never enjoyed when I was doing even personal training, working with the general public, because it's like it's like you want all this stuff, but you're not willing to work for it. And mm -hmm. it just kind of like the attitude of a lot of people made me want to throw up in my mouth versus when I was working with athletes and like football teams, stuff like that completely different because those people came came to play and we weren't 100%. having to go through like let's get let's get excited it's like you come ready to play man we can take your performance to an unbelievable level and those are the type of people that i really enjoy working with my background is in psychology so really kind of my my specialization is around psychological infrastructure and building frameworks and uh that that make sense in terms of providing the structure and the support that high performers are really going to need to mm. not only perform at a high level, but as close to or at the, the peak of their potential as they possibly can be. And the beautiful thing about that is it's not an age thing, right? We always look at like, oh, this person has peaked and this and that. And I've never looked at it like that because to me, you can be 105 years old and the gap between where you're at and your max potential in that moment by the, might be the smallest that it's ever been. And like mm. th that, getting that gap gap as narrow as possible for people in whatever their endeavor is what I love to focus on and work on. And, um, that's just what, that's what we build together. Absolutely. And I love the idea of that narrowing the gap between what your max potential is. Um, I'd be curious when did, when did all this kind of spark for you? Cause I know you said you didn't really, you know, you didn't have necessarily like you didn't get into the swimming till you're 30, but I, I, I find it hard to believe that there wasn't a little bit of that like growing up or, or something, you know? Yeah, I think it's interesting, the trajectory of it, right? Because one of the beautiful things, one of the things that I love about life now that I didn't love before is how it turns out completely different than we would have ever anticipated, expected, planned for. And that's kind of the beauty of it. Like, I love that part. I think to answer your question, um, it began in a place of just like tremendous <laughs> kind of emotional tumult and turmoil yeah. uh, at, you know, in, in my youth and just some situations that they were what they were, you know, um, I wouldn't trade it now for the world. But back then, I mean, I, I, it was, it was awful, you know, and I was suicidal for a largest part of my youth and it was just, crazy town and i thought i would never ever ever see the light at the end of the tunnel like i would mm. never get there and a lot of times i was like great i'll just shut it down now you know and that's kind of where my head was at well at a certain point that started to change because i decided i'm either gonna make an adjustment or i'm gonna like literally die <laughs> you know it was yeah. like it just kind of yeah. came to a head and you get to a crossroads like that and it's like it's like okay F this. I'm not going to be defined by all this stuff. And it and it started with a little bit of frustration and anger and dissatisfaction of being where I where I was and not finding that acceptable. Well, over time that evolved into studying psychology and really wanting to understand what made people tick because part of it is just like in the beginning, it was like, why would a person or why would people ever do such and such? It just made mm. no sense to me. And it was delving into 
if maybe I have some understanding around it, that might bring some peace. There's definitely some flaws in that logic, but it's fine. It got me started. It wasn't um, really too much later that I started to... So as you move beyond that, then you get to a place of finding it really compelling when you find humans performing at the upper echelons of their potential. And then all of a sudden, a spark of inspiration kicks in, and it's not about the frustration or the anger, I have to escape or I have to get out. It becomes a little more compelling and healthy that, man, these people really love what they're doing and watching them pull off something that's kind of superhuman. Mm. Gosh, that's inspiring. And then it sparks something within you. But it's not that that person had something special. It's their revealing something about yourself to you and it lights this fire on the inside and then this desire starts to grow and then eventually it kind of turns into love and becomes um where you just enjoy and you're passionate and you can throw yourself into something and life becomes a lot more fun so that's a little bit and i know it was a long-winded answer but as with most things it's like the evolution of our life and our consciousness and where we're going and what the things that we find passion in and the thing and the things and the people and the places that we love and what inspires us um, that shifts and changes over time. And so we spend so much of our lives trying to hold things static or get it to a certain point. But the beauty of it really is um, that hmm, the effulgence or like as things start to develop and you watch that transformation, if we can get over trying to control everything, we really start to see the beauty and the evolution. And like, I don't need to have control over all this, right? I'm just responsible for doing the best I can by having the narrowest gap between where I'm at and like my maximum potential. And that's how I'm going to show gratitude to, um, you know, my family, the world, God, what, whatever people um, believe in and subscribe to. Absolutely. And I, I think so many people can relate to, to, to that feeling of, you know, whenever you're truly at your, at your lowest and then seeing just a little, a little, some, just a little something that can, that can bring you through to the other side. Um, I, I know that right now, I mean, even in the United States, everywhere in the entire world, uh, mental health is at an all time low. Uh, and I, something that I've studied, you know, in, in the past is, and something that I actually came up on my last podcast was why do we, why do we think that is? And, you know, for you, you, you talk about, you know, overcoming fear as, as like a key, a key issue that kind of unlocks that potential, but then also leads you to having a greater acceptance of yourself. Um, I was, I was kind of curious, you know, with, with, with all this, uh, whenever you started, so looking at your transition, you, you, you got into because you, you have a psychology background that you you started so so you went from being in this point and then something unlocked in you that you're like you know what I'm gonna study were you wanting to study your own mind and kind of figure things out or what was your motivation? It went there from being just a fascination with psychological dysfunction because <laughs> that's what I wanted yeah. to understand in the beginning. Of course. And then I got to a place where I'm, I'm, like, I'm like, hold on, this is such a tremendously powerful tool. There's so much more to us than the dysfunction, right? Mm-hmm. And it's very, very in vogue right now to like tell everybody about your dysfunction and how special you are. And like, because you have this really special problem, which is a bunch of crap to me. It's like, if, uh, that's, that's a really con- amazing way that society right now is manifesting the narcissism that... Um, it just tends to be in our collective consciousness for whatever reason. You know, I yeah. think it, it came from a place of going from like, 
okay, I'm fascinated by dysfunction and like understanding that a little bit to like, like, holy crap, there's people doing really, really amazing, compelling, inspiring things that lift the other, other people up around them. And, um, that's what I wanted to be invested in. So what a lot of times we start the journey as the motivation is not how we finish the journey. And totally. hopefully, hopefully it, that's, that's the way it should always be. You mentioned something about mental health being at an all time low. It's, it's a crazy thing. And one of the pieces that I see myself, um, you know, to whatever extent I can helping and contributing with all that is also mental fitness is at an all time low. And so when everybody's like, Oh my God, you know, it's just like my mental health's terrible. It's like, how much time do you spend every single day and every single week on actively doing mental training? You're completely out of shape and you're not fit. And then like something comes along and you, it's, you, you don't have the psychological immunity, right, to put up with that stuff. And that's what a lot of it is, right? In sport, we talk a lot about, and, and business too, if you get injured, that takes, I mean, that wipes everything out. You can't train, you can't really do anything. Like you're down for the count and you just have to wait it out until you can get back in the game. That is a tremendous time suck. Staying um, fit and healthy and having a buffer and being very careful not to do injurious things to yourself, you can have a tremendous career in whatever you're doing by just having the fortitude and the wherewithal and the resiliency when other people like the crap of life hits them, you're in a position where you have that extra cushion. 100%. Right, and so you can absorb things, and they they don't have like the crushing impact on you that they otherwise that they otherwise would, you know. Like if um, sometimes, all right, the best way to like break through something is to steer right into it and like hit mm. full throttle. Like if you're in the ocean, you sure as crap don't want to be sideways to a like a massive wave, and you're just kind of there floating around because you're going to get capsized. Sometimes you have to like be very proactive you have to turn the ship you have to point the bow like right in there's a bow or the stern the front yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh i'm an idiot sometimes i don't know whatever the front of the ship is and you just turn the nose right into the oncoming wave and like you just have to go directly into it because if you don't you're gonna let fear and other things um put you in a position so much of life is about positioning or you're going to put yourself in a position where you're going to become a victim of the wave, but it's because you didn't prepare for it and you didn't approach it correctly. Absolutely. You know, I think that there's, you put it much more eloquently than I do, but one of my mantras and something I'm always telling people is look at the thing, right? Just look at the thing because when you uncover it, you know, I, it's, it's usually, uh, it, it's going to take you somewhere a lot better than if you're just living in fear of, something that is something that's just looming over you, you know? Yep. Um, so that's always, uh, I, I, I feel like that's, uh, what you, what you're doing. You know, I love the idea of, uh, obviously that sounds completely horrifying to be on a ship, <laughs> go, through, go through a giant wave. That would be, that'd be horrifying. But the thing is sometimes that's, that's truly the only option because the other option is just, you know, failing and being stuck for, forever yeah. and you know and and that's the way that a lot of people live which is uh is is, is pretty unfortunate um a lot of it that, is timing yeah. of courage too right like because if you're turning the the ship into the wave your your courage is up front 
but the the benefit is on the back side of all that, right? Versus like if you get rocked by the freaking wave, you're going to have to have courage, but it's going to be forced. It's not a volitional thing where you are proactively courageous. You're reacting on the back end because you're like, okay, now we're underwater and I have to get out or I'm going to drown. And it's a reactive position instead of a proactive position. And again, like I, I said earlier, so much about life is positioning. So, you know, people have courage be like, like, I just don't have courage. I don't have this like the hell you don't like go back through your life. And if you have any reasonable, very logical level-headed view of yourself, like you have tremendous amounts of courage, you have tremendous amounts of boldness, you have these pieces inside of you. The question is when they get activated and what it takes to activate them, right? And you 100%. can wait until you get injured and then you have to go see a doctor and whatever else. And sometimes that stuff is inevitable and it happens. But I would propose that most of the injuries we sustain, we sustain due to lack of prior planning lack of accountability to ourselves and the people around us and the ones that can't. It's not because like, oh my gosh, this just came out of nowhere and how could I know? And it's like, well, how prepared were you really? Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, that that's uh that makes that makes perfect sense because if you're always having to react to everything that that comes your way, I mean, you're you're just at the mercy of life instead of actually taking charge of it, you know, and being a there's no room for being an actual uh impact player whenever you're constantly in a position of having to just you know ward <laughs> off ward off whatever comes your way i uh no, for anybody no. that's listening i just lifted my hands up and like i'm in fear of something coming my way <laughs> um yeah but yeah yep. what are some of the I, I, so i i would love to hear because you, you mentioned you know being mentally fit so what are some examples of maybe how you can train train your noggin to to do some of the do some of that. Do you have any kind of stuff that you use or? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, one of the interesting pieces of this is typically where we start is not by adding things on, it's by removing things. So when we have a, a whole conglomerate of like just this mush in our head of like different systems and values and beliefs and identity things and this and that and the other, um, there's so much that we're just running this program under the surface that presupposes a lot of things. And that oftentimes is what drives our performance and what oftentimes is tripping us up and making us inefficient. And, and a lot of people, and I just encourage you, right? Like if you feel really dragged down, tired, kind of exhausted, and you're going out and you're doing your best to kick butt and take names and you're giving incredible effort and grind and whatever your kind of mantra is, but you're just like exhausted. And you're like, I just don't know what's wrong. Sometimes, um, because people can't imagine they're like, I can't really work any harder. I'm not sure what I'm missing. And a lot of times it's like, it's not that you're missing anything. It's that you have too many programs running one on top of the other. And it's sort of like, you know, one of the browsers that I have open that I probably shouldn't <laughs> because we're on a podcast together. But like one of my, my other browsers, I've probably got like 10 or 11 windows or sorry, tabs across the top. And the yeah. issue with that is something that I know is at a certain point, 
I'm going to need to like really just close that all down because running all those cycles in the background is going to siphon away energy that we really need to focus on moving forward. And sometimes people think things are wrong with them. I'm like, you're just running a bunch of background programs. Some of them that are probably very, very subconscious. You have no idea that they're even going. And so we have to go in, examine some of that, strip away the things that are just siphoning energy because the beauty of that, it, when you get it back, it's like free stuff. It's free energy. It's free power. Yeah. It's free, right? Like motivation to move ahead. It's it's being settled in yourself. So the first part is stripping off layers. And then again, I'm speaking in generalities because when I'm working with an individual client, every single person is different. So it's not like, hey, follow my program that I just gave to the other 52 people. It's, it's like, no, it's different for every person. But in a general sense, stripping away a lot of the layers is where we start. And then we start diving into, okay, based on like your goals and your objectives, what kind of since we've moved some of that other stuff aside that wasn't as healthy, what would a person who really is truly dead serious about accomplishing that and living a life like that, what would they have to think and believe and tell themselves and what kind of uh, uh, an environment and relationships, what type of friends would they have to have in order to accomplish that? And we start to collaboratively work together to build that out. Because again, it's funny because there's, um, <laughs> there's certain programs that we will run at certain times that, uh, like mental programs that, uh, we will put in place that we know are not actually true, but in the moment they serve a very, very specific purpose. And so sometimes we'll even insert like a block of code, if you will. And it's like, yeah. we're going to run this code until we get past this, you know, whatever they're, they're doing uh, in business or like once we get like through Q2, right, we're going to pull that out and we're going to put something else in. But for right now and who you need to be and how you need to show up and actually present yourself and like the momentum you need to create in your leadership for your team you have got to be running this code right now. Now we need to keep in mind that that's not necessarily like, that's not something you were pre-programmed with. That's not part of your soul. That's something, and I'm not talking about being inauthentic and being bad, right? But when you get to, um, in athletics even sometimes, when you step out onto the field, you better be running a different program than you are when you're like just hanging out with your kids. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? 100%. Because what, when you're hanging out with your kids, you don't want to be like, let's go intensely, like fired up. <laughs> like I'm going to kick butt, take names, and I'm going to just freaking stick it to these people. You know, you have to put yourself in a different frame of mind. And um, based on the game that you're playing should determine, right, if we back out of that, what kind of mental programs do I need to run to be the best at what I do? Understood. Yeah. And I know that everybody is probably a little different. I, I mean, are there any kind of like top common ones that you see uh, like happening pretty frequently that are some tabs that people have up that you're like, you're like, okay, well, these are a couple of obvious ones that aren't obvious to you, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think one thing that the first thing that came to mind was people's uh, Oftentimes, they're really not particularly conscientious or especially aware of how they really truly talk to themselves, right? And they might be if they're doing like an affirmation or something, you know, if they're like on an affirmation binge or whatever, they're like, yeah, here's my affirmations. But I'm like, I'm like that's not necessarily, we really want to look at the, uh, the, 
mental languaging you have, the questions you constantly kind of keep running in the background, um, the way you speak to yourself and the way you perceive of situations, right? When you see something go a little bit sideways, like what is your default? What is your knee-jerk response? Like, why is that? Is that healthy? Is that going to be something that's going to get you down the road and help you accomplish what you said is truly important to you? If it is that important to you, like, great. We need to evaluate if that's serving you. If it's not, we need to get it out of there. You got to learn how to speak to yourself the con because most people have basically a conversation in their head going all day long so you are the most inf influential person in your life whether you like it or not right which is why all of us are where we're at as a product of like what we've done in the past whether or not we like it right in one way shape, or form. and so um getting to that place of like there's no victims here only volunteers and taking some responsibility for that and really examining how do we talk to ourselves like how do we frame situations in our mind, especially when things go wrong? Uh, because things are going to go wrong and we don't want to just fall off the side of the road and tumble down the hill. It would be nice to mitigate the damage of something and actually find a way like, how are we going to use that to our advantage? So it becomes a lot about like how you habitually talk to yourself, um, the questions that you ask, and then getting into great, what what would be better ways to go about that? And and then how do we implement that? How do we train that? Because sometimes it's disciplines like we're using, um, you know, things like meditation with some auto-suggestion. There's a lot of different modalities for it depending on the person and what connects with them. Sometimes it is actually doing visualization. Um, there's a lot of tactical things you can do, but the bigger strategy behind it is like remove the crap and like build new programs that are actually going to take you because the programs we all have right now, frankly, most of us haven't really designed truly from the ground up where we designed it from the outset because we're like, we want this beautiful skyscraper. We want this huge building. Awesome. Yeah. We're going to start with that in mind. And from the very beginning, everything we are going to do and focus on is going to be the architecture that's going and, and like the foundation that's truly going to support the supplies we're going to need. What kind of a staff are we going to need, right? Absolutely. Um, and when you do that from the very outset, but most of us haven't. I mean, nobody really has because life shifts and turns. And so especially if you're a person <clears throat> thinking about making a change in your career or doing something like that and getting more into entrepreneurship or should I continue this business or should I move to another one? Should I stay put, et cetera, et cetera. When you're in transitional phases and you realize you're moving into something new, all of a sudden that stuff previously, you can appreciate it. You can say that has given me some perspective, some different tools that I can use in the future. However, that architecture is not what you need in the future. And so mm -hmm. to be very purposeful, especially as you're thinking about making transitions to get some guidance around it is really, really powerful. So when you were kind of figuring all this stuff out, were there, you know, certain people that you studied? I mean, did this all come from just uh, your own personal experience? How did you how did you kind of because right now, whenever you're talking about this stuff, it's funny, maybe it's because I recently watched The Matrix. But it makes me think of, <laughs> <laughs> it makes me think of breaking out of the matrix. You know, you're like, okay, yeah. I'm going to take a step back from society and actually make some decisions for myself and regain some agency here. 
you know? Yeah, yeah. I love talking with you because, you know, from the very outset, even before we came on here, right? Like there's just, there's that connection and like those pieces that you know that you share with people. Like I love movies, especially ones with deeper connotations underneath. Uh, I saw my niece has been over in London studying for last six months or whatever, and she came back from Christmas break and it was nice to see her. And I was so proud of her because she finally watched The Matrix. I've been telling her (laughs) (laughs) for for a, a few years, you know, and she only saw it once and there's a lot that happens in it. And I was like, I was like, go back and like, keep rewatching it. Uh, There's a lot of layers to it. But um, movies have been a big thing over time to just inspire me, right? Because um, it's something you can go back to you. You always see a different movie the next time you watch it, especially if it does have some depth to it. That's been really big. In the beginning, you know, I um, it it really it's funny, it started because I was like 14 when I really dipped in heavily because I don't tend to do things uh, I do some things in moderation, but the things I'm really passionate about, I not, I don't. I have to like force myself into being a little bit more moderated in my response, but <clears throat> dove head first into just a lot of personal development, like books and psychology and understanding it that way. And then when I went to like college, you know, it's all the, all the curriculum there and all the different things that you read. Um, in terms of people <clears throat> that I've studied, it's hard to say because I've there has really truly been so many that as soon as I say one or two or three, it's like, but there's, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens of others. Um, one that was pretty significant for me, I would say at a, at a point in my development, it would not be appropriate for me now. So I to take this with a grain of salt, like it was appropriate for the season of life I was in and what I needed at that moment was, um, I did a lot of Tony Robbins stuff, right. Um, went through a lot of different things there and, you know, was at the point where when I actually decided to kind of like step away from that, um, but I was at the place where it was like that transition point of like, like, wow, I could go on and like become a senior leader here. Right. And that would have taken me down one path, but I just recognized, no, I got exactly what I needed here and the things to help me transform and transition to be ready for my next phase of evolution. And then like I moved on, I think there's a real key in that for people. Sometimes they get stuck in different systems and they're like, this is the thing, or that's the thing. And it's like, just keep it in perspective, right? every season of life there's appropriate influences for you and there's some that um maybe are not anymore and so to continually just have that mindset of like don't try and just find the one thing right absolutely Um, because i i think it's really easy to get caught in that yeah yeah i've noticed that theme kind of pop up while we've been talking about something really being what you needed at a certain season of life and then recognizing that, Hey, it's a little bit different. Is that, so is that something that you train other people to do? I mean, or because is that a, is that a, a, a way to kind of move forward? And uh, do you notice that popping up in people a lot? Cause I, I think that it is something that I've seen. I've talked to people is that sure. you get, you get very rigid and like, well, this is kind yeah. of my end all be all. I follow this and they're not challenging themselves yeah. to break out of that. So I guess yeah. I'd just be curious if that's something, you know, that if, if how do you practically apply something like that? Uh, well, I'll give you one practical way to apply something like that. I learned a long time ago. I'm not sure who the exact source was on this, but it made sense to me intuitively. And I just went with it from like a pretty young age. Anytime you're approaching reaching a goal or an objective that you have, 
right? Like by the time you actually like get to the day, you need to have already pushed out, mm-hmm. right? Or set your next objective or you need to do it that same day, right? A lot of people don't have that leapfrog approach. And so they just run, 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 run until they get up to the thing. And then it's like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. And then they, you know, they're like, they're like, cool, I'm going to take a week off. But then it, you know, really turns into like three by the time they finally get the motor going back again. And then they're starting to think about like, well, what do I really want to do? But they've kind of lost the juice and the mojo. And so now they're up against the law of inertia. And I would propose, and part of this is just being a swimmer and knowing how much efficiency, you know, being a really good swimmer has a lot more to do with not doing things that slow yourself down, perpetuating the momentum as opposed to start, stop, stop, start, stop, start, stop, stop, like the kind of crap that would blow out your transmission in your car. What do you think it does to you? And so as you're approaching something, you always want to be kind of like thinking ahead of that and almost setting something. So you always have something compelling out in the future, not like, oh, let's take a you know, five month vacation every time you hit a goal mentally until you really get back on track. So that is one practical way to kind of um keep that keep that going because like let me give you an example uh last um okay so uh nationals that was in august that was in virginia yeah um <clears throat> i already had my goals set for this next upcoming august uh by the time i was halfway home in the plane the next day mm. And so I was like very, very, very clear on a couple things. One, where I was going, but also recognizing like, holy crap, I cannot do what I did to get to where I am right now and get to where I want to be. I have to change. I have to do different things. I have to evolve, not only in like who I am and how I think and how I'm looking at stuff, but like how I train and the paradigms that I hold about this sport a lot of it has to change because they were super ambitious. And so um, that's the advantage of objectives and goals is they can become things that are compelling and pull us through those times that are very difficult, especially in the growing pains of evolution where they're not healthy is when we start to constantly like beat ourselves up because we didn't hit the goal and this and that. And so you want your goals to be something, you know, in my mind that serve you and don't become, you know, this terrible terrible tyrants that's just beating on you all the time and you start to feel like a freaking loser and then you build up the courage to go again but then you miss it and then it's like this whole guilt complex that's not what goals are for i miss goals constantly like constantly constantly i set them every quarterly objectives and i miss a lot of them i used to get especially like um as i was younger I would get like demoralized. I would get downtrodden. I would have huge emotional valleys I would go into because I'm like mother of God. And part of it is because I was trying to just be more rigid and just push and power through and all this kind of things, not having a broader perspective about like the long game and playing the long game and not getting so caught up in the freaking goal. The point of the goal is to push you to evolve and become a better person. Now, when I was young, that sounded like a load of crap. I knew intellectually, I kind of agreed with it, but in the back of my mind, I was, I was like, whatever, like, I just want to reach the goal. And it's like, fine. And life will give you what you really ask for. And that's what I was truly asked for, asking for. So I got a whole hell of a lot of misery. When I finally grew up, some of the best lessons of our entire lives, we learn when we're really young and we resist them until decades and decades and decades later. And we finally accept that. And we, we go, that's pretty spot on 
life opens up and then you have the emotional richness, right? Because um, I'd much rather have <clears throat> an emotionally rich life than a life where I just like accomplish a lot and it's that adrenaline spike of being addicted to like, yes, I did it, yes, I did it, yes, I did it. And it's like, you're a crack addict for goals. <laughs> yeah. how, how is that, how is that healthy? Yeah. You're, you're com- it, being compelled by something and having like, um, a, being inspired by compelling feats and events and stuff like that is very different than being a compulsive human being. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Cause it's, it's kind of funny how with goal setting and I had to figure that out too, uh, you know, in terms of, cause I, I used to just beat myself up and I'd be like, Oh my gosh, I didn't, I didn't knock out what I had to, what I said I would knock out. And then I was like, okay, there's a little bit of a mental shift of the point of goal setting is, is literally goal setting. You know, it's, it's yeah. the drive along uh, along the way and and all of the improvements that happen kind of incrementally. Um, yeah. I listened to, have you ever heard of that? I, I don't. It's either Huberman or Huberman, Andrew uh, Huberman. He's a uh, he's a he's a uh, uh, he, he basically is a neuroscientist at um, at Harvard, but he he does a bunch of uh, a bunch of podcasts, and that's one thing that I was like, oh, okay, that's pretty cool that it's proven that. <laughs> goals and and actually achieving them is kind of like the descent of your your joy um <laughs> that's kind of where yep. it where it tapers off um it's actually you know the hard work that goes into consistently you know aiming towards something generally better is where yep. uh happiness is driven from i think a lot of that is because i'd love that you brought it up a lot of that has to do with the fact that um when we make everything about something outside of ourselves and realizing the goal and accomplishing something, there's nothing wrong with it, right? Like I work with high performance people. I work with people that probably mostly need to calm down a little bit <laughs> because they're so yeah. out there, you know, whether it's athletes or business people or artists or whatever, they are not lazy folk whatsoever, mm-hmm. right? But I think the reason that like goals looked at in the right way work is because it focuses us on appreciating ourselves and the evolution that we're going through and and turning the lens back within instead of putting our happiness outside of ourselves and thinking like, nope, I, I still, it's like that song by U2, I still haven't found what I'm looking for, mm-hmm. right? I've been to the highest mountains, I've done all this different stuff, like I found God, I found this, I found that, and I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And that's because we are constantly looking outside of ourselves or putting our success out there and it's like yeah but i really have to do this and i've always and it's like it's like it's not about that it's about loving who you're becoming and appreciating the magnificence of who you actually are and the crap you've been willing to put up with and the persistence that you have and the determination and the devotion and the love that you show others through that process because i can tell you one of the quickest ways to get to a goal is to do a lot of dirty underhanded things yeah it just it just is right and like that's great i I mean i can help people reach their goals really really fast a lot of times and why don't we go that route because i know that the the adrenaline of it and like the the pleasure hits and the fixes they keep getting they're going to be really really excited individuals but they're freaking soul is going to die inside of them. And at some point they're going to hit rock bottom because there's going to be nowhere to hide. I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's going to freaking happen. And when you're in a place all by yourself and you cannot 
turn on, you know, like no offense, right? But like you can't turn on another podcast or you can't look yeah. to somebody else or you can't get addicted to somebody else in another relationship. And this is the one. And you, it's just you and you. And that's it. And you have nothing in there. And actually, there's a lot of guilt and shame over the crazy ass stuff that you did to climb the rungs and get to your goal. And every and then the problem with that is it's really addictive because now you have an now you have an image to uphold and people see you a certain way and you have to live up to that and like wow how am I going to go bigger next time? That's a tough spot to be in, right? And eventually you're going to come face to face with that. And like a lot of this stuff, you know, like it's funny as I'm talking about it. One of the reasons I love this and appreciate this context and this opportunity is because um, when you're speaking this kind of stuff, you if you're if you're doing it right, you're reflecting internally and you're like, yep, I need to I need to really focus on that again because everything I'm saying, I'm looking at myself and recognizing the areas in my life, either past or present, where I need to apply these things better, where I need to take my own advice. And so, you know, I hope this inspires other people, but really, you know, this to me, I mean, selfishly, it's like I get to inspire myself by reminding myself of the truth that I know and not acting like oh no, I didn't know that. No, I really, really, really do know. So I just encourage people, <clears throat> take account of who you're really becoming because that ultimately is going to be the legacy that you leave, certainly in a spiritual sense. It doesn't matter. You can have edifices to you. You can have all kinds of things and acclaim and this, that, and the other. And it's really like who you become is going to make the biggest difference in the world. And like, if you achieve some goals along the way, that's awesome. That's just gravy on top. But if that's what your world's about, I don't know. It seems, yeah. seems like it's not going to get you there. Absolutely. It's, uh, I mean, that's where true, true coping comes from. So many people don't understand how to even sit with themselves and cope. And it's funny when you say that too, because listening to all of those things, I'm like, I, I start doing the exact same thing, a mental checklist of life. I'm like, okay, what are some ways that I, I, I was like, cause there's always room for everybody to do it. Right. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. And, and you uh, think about the experts, right? Like the people that are the best of the best world-class, it's not that the, I mean, we romanticize it and we imagine like, oh my gosh, they're doing so many like different amazing things. And it's like, it's like, no, they're not. They're doing the same basic crap that you're doing, but they're doing it way better. Gentlemen, blocking and tackling, blocking and tackling, blocking and tackling, blocking and tackling. This isn't, and no, it's not sexy and everybody loves the Hail Mary and the this and the that and the lateral, unless it doesn't work, which one of the games I saw recently, which the lateral didn't work too well. Um, but uh, it's really is blocking and tackling. And I think most, um, one of the biggest places you can put yourself at a huge advantage, in my opinion, is doing all the mundane Boring, right? Like it's all the like, like yeah. tedious, like day after <laughs> yeah. day of the same old crap, just to get like maybe one sixtieth of one percent better. But then stacking week after week, month after month, year after year together, and seeing what you come up with in ten years. And the biggest problem, like I had when I was young, is I, I was like, awesome. Over the next three year period, I'm going to accomplish this, and it's like completely unbelievably unrealistic. Intellectually, it makes sense, right? But like, it's yeah. never going to happen. And that's way different. Like, if you can have a longer vision of like 10, 15, 20 years down the road, 
that's a that's a very different life. It's a very different outcome for somebody that's more playing, you know, in Simon Sinek terms would be more like the infinite game versus playing just a finite game that I can't see past the end of my nose. I can only see next year or two or three years from now. If I'm playing an infinite game, I'm going to play the game very differently than everybody else that's on the field that's just thinking in terms of like the next until the next time out or the next quarter. Absolutely true. Um, and, you know, every time I think about swimming, I always think about this essay. It's, it's literally called The Mundanity of Excellence. I don't know. Have you, have you oh, read that? Oh, that's awesome. I, um, no, but that title's freaking amazing. <laughs> I was, it's like spot on, you know? It's yeah. like, but uh, it, it, it breaks down um, what it takes to become truly excellent from the perspective of what swimmers typically go through uh, to perfect their craft. And a lot of it is extremely mundane, but it's also extremely intentional practice of if you're going to take a stroke, every single little movement counts for something, you know, and it's very gradual. Um, and it's, it's, uh, that's one of the, one of the tenets is consistency. Um, the other tenet of it listed in there is, uh, is about, you know, um, being, you know, consistent and also intentional. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. The stuff, you know, like this morning, I, <laughs> <clears throat> like I showed up because part of it is one of the things I want to know. Um, and it's been this way since I started swimming because I just knew that I had so much catch up to play because I was so far behind the eight ball in the sense that most of the people I'm around now, they've been swimming since they were tiny children. I mean, they have swam their entire lives and I'm like, I'm starting at 30 and um, that produces some unique challenges. Yeah, uh, of course. And I'm like, I'm like, nope, I'm going to train every single day, like um, not in the pool every single day, like five days a week, but it's going to be 365 days every single year over year over year over year of like training and like never missing a day. And why would I? And in order to keep that kind of momentum, then you have to have that larger purpose, that larger why, whatever you want to think about to drive you into being intentional, because it's so easily to like, okay, I have to go do this thing today versus, you know, like today I show up and like, I'm going to be early. Like, that's just a practice. That's a discipline. That's weird. I'm going to show up early. First one there. I'm the last one to leave, but also not just doing that as like, it's not like a badge of honor. Like that's not what matters so much. It's like, I'm getting intentional practicing because I love that you piece those together because they have to go hand in hand. Otherwise it doesn't work the same. Right. But I'm being there early. I'm leaving late and everything that I'm doing is intentional. And so if I get an extra, you know, 500 yards in a week or something like something that seems like nothing right to a swimmer right that's not a lot but over the course of a year and then you factor that out over an entire decade that makes a night and day difference and when you develop these habits and these disciplines and you go and you are intentional and you're thinking about like where am i really going what's compelling to me like why am i doing that that's awesome who do i have that i can watch that inspires me where can i go to like either listen to podcasts or look at videos with whatever somebody's jam is to stay inspired to keep that in the forefront of their mind so that you do those little things right so that you show up early you go late and then when you're there i mean you know, I have some good training partners too. And part of that is just making sure that I do what I can to encourage other people around me um, so that I have training partners and that they like being in the pool with me and like what we contribute back and forth to each other. Like that's part of the discipline because this morning was like, for most mornings are absolutely crazy. Like some of the stuff that we do together and 
the sets are insane. Like the rest time that we're not getting, the intensity that we're pushing and yeah. going for like two hours straight at like about the top end of like what you feel like you're capable of over and over and over again. You got to be freaking passionate to do something like that. And and passion to me is a lot the structure that you put into your life and into your business and into your family and into your whatever whatever it is for you that you really truly want to be remembered for and great at. Brian, you got me pumped up, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny before uh, the podcast we were talking about uh, you know, uh how I'm starting to swim a little bit and uh, you know, get getting into getting into all that and I can just tell that, you know, these conversations I you know, love getting to to talk with you. I can tell that your conversations are um, absolutely inspiring to, I'm sure, everybody that you uh, you end up meeting. So I'd be curious, kind of in, in wrapping up here, what is the mission that you'd say you're on right now, if you were to kind of express that? My personal mission? Like, like, like my life ambition mission or in what sense? Cause there's a lot of ways I could answer this. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'd say, I'd say your, your, uh, your, your personal mission. Uh, my personal mission, um, honestly overarching and the thing that is, um, not only type of top of mind, but just practice more than anything else is like spiritual awakening. And, um, the interesting piece is that's at how that used to fit into my life. Uh, cause I, I used to kind of, I'll just be honest, look at that sometimes and be, be like, I don't know. That's kind of weak, dude. Like you could, you could just like use like, Oh yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm spiritually awakening. And like, as an excuse to be a big fricking loser, like, and that, and that's honestly like kind of where I was coming from. Like, great. That excuses you from doing a whole lot of things. And at one level, it can be like almost a distraction or a diversion. Um, but when you really delve into something, um, and you really get into like what it truly is, I mean, I can tell you, dude, of like all the things that I've done in my life, that journey is by far, far, far and away the most kind of gut wrenching, the most you have to look at yourself. Like you can't look away the most you have to confront things. It's like, there's no off ramp for it and it can be scary and confusing. And you're like, I don't really know where this is at because it's not exactly like there's people around every corner that are really, truly dead serious about that. And so some of the stuff that you experience, it's like, I I don't like there's I don't even have a human that I can talk with about it. And so it really takes a lot of like trust and dedication and staying in the pocket and like having faith in the process and having faith in yourself and God or the universe or whatever people right subscribe yeah. to um to have the courage to keep going in the face of something like that and honestly that's one of the reasons that I think one of the big themes of my life from the very beginning was overcoming fear and not letting it control you because back then I was like why is there so much like fear and terror in my life. And then I kind of like busted through that. And for a while it was like clear sailing. And then this whole journey came around and I'm like, mother of God, this is terrifying. And I know exactly why I have the muscles built. And thankfully I have hopefully the horses in the barn to carry me through that um, because it takes a tremendous amount, a tremendous amount of courage and a lot of focus because the world doesn't exactly uh, lend itself well to being not distracting from that objective. 
Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I feel like that's kind of my mission too, you know, in a sense, it's funny yeah, that you say, that's awesome. <laughs> Just, yeah. you know, uh, four years ago I was, uh, you know, I, I got into my, into my twenties. I really struggled with, with addiction in particular. And, uh, you know, was like, gosh, like I am doling, I'm just doling everything, you know, everything is, is becoming doled and, uh, you know, there's, there's direct repercussions that are happening. Um, and then for the last four years, uh, just decided luckily, luckily decided to, uh, just be like, all right, I'm just gonna, you know, cut everything out, just go full sober. And, yep. uh, and you know, it's funny whenever you cause I almost feel like it was lucky in a sense because some people don't get the the chance to uh maybe this is not the best way to put it but some people don't get the chance to to even experience what that drastic change is like of going from full addiction mode to full uh <laughs> full being like shit I have no coping mechanisms um and I have no way to to like tap into my spirituality and everything that's going out there so Thank yeah. you for, you know, thank you for sharing that. Uh, I think that it's really important that people realize that it's, uh, it's a way to actually, uh, tap into the kind of life that you really want for yourself and become the person that, you know, you can be for your community and, uh, you know, everybody around you. Um, well, so you, I, I, I appreciate you saying that. You're welcome, dude. And thank you for sharing that. I think, I mean, I think that's really powerful for listeners because <clears throat> right. All of us have stuff that like comes up and, and honestly sometimes it's it's a real privilege to have the crap hit the fan and have your life kind of go sideways and you're just frustrated and you're like you're like oh my god like i've made a mess of some of this stuff because sometimes it's like the severity of an ex of those types of experiences is like the only thing that can really cause somebody to catapult out of that Right. And that's that crossroad we talked about in the beginning. It's like, okay, right. Like I'm here at this intersection and this is going to go one way with one life or it's going to go the other way with like a very different life. And um, everything in life can be an advantage. Right. And like, gosh, I heard an interview with Mike Tyson. He said something about that. And I was like, I love that. Like, I say that too. Like, this is great. You know, it was, it was like, I just, you know, I, I made my disadvantages, my advantages. And that's like a huge, 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 huge key. And it's like, it's how we see things. And the other thing I would just maybe leave that with is, uh, I, I tell clients, <laughs> pretty much most people that come into my orbit that I have serious conversations with, right? If an adversity comes into your life, make it pay you for freaking being there. It better, like if it's coming into my place, it's not staying rent free. Oh, hell no. I'm charging big time exorbitant fees. Like you can be here and whatever, like I'm going to have to wade through this and we'll see how it turns out. But the one thing I do know is it's, it's going to extract a cost from you. If you're in adversity in my life, you're going to pay for being here. And you know what? Like that is just going to go into my bank account of things that I'm grateful for and experiences that were maybe painful and I would never wish it on anybody else. However, now, I don't know, like maybe somebody in my life around me is like inspired by something and I never even see it. I never know about it. They never say anything, but it makes an impact. Um, that was worth all of it, you know, to me. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you better, you, that adversity better pay up, man. You know, I, I, oh, yeah. I love that. 
Um, yeah, you got my mo- you got my money. You got my money. <laughs> okay. No, no, I'm gonna get that money for you. Okay. All right. Awesome. Like I'm gonna ask you again tomorrow. You got my money. You got my money, and it's just oh man, I'm like a dog on a bone with that. It's just <laughs> you know sometimes we let stuff come into our lives and we just we act like, like oh my gosh and like we just ha- it's like a this terrible storm came through or something and it's like it's like please get something out of the richness of that experience and in the in the moment that may not be an appropriate thing to do sometimes you have to be past it a little bit but to have that mentality that that's one of your values and one of the things that you hold dear is making adversity pay you and pay up Mm. that's gonna that's gonna change how you live your life 100 percent Man, Brian, thank you so much for hopping on. Uh, where can everybody keep up with you at? Uh, what would be the best way for people to get more of this uh, amazing wisdom that you've shared with us today? <laughs> I mean, honestly, like if somebody wants to reach out to me directly, just send me an email at brian at bergfordperformance.com. Uh, but also like my website, bergfordperformance.com. Word of warning, I don't do a whole lot on social and that is by design. And so if people do want to say kind of up to speed, make sure you hop on my website, you're on my email list because that that's where Perfect. I tend to really communicate with people. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you for your time, everybody. This was the gym series. Uh, be on the lookout for Brian. We're going to do some, we're going to, we're going to be seeing some great things from, from Brian in the future and uh, hope I can have you on again at some point. I'd love to Blake. I really appreciate your time and this opportunity. It's been an honor, my friend. Absolutely. Thanks brother. All right, everybody, have a great day. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Gem Series, the podcast for anybody dedicated to investing in themselves. If you'd like to see the resources mentioned in this episode, learn more about what we are up to at Rocket Level, or come over and join our team, just click on the links below. Until next time, this is Blake Chapman, and remember to be awesome and do awesome things.